In the 90s, a secretive Australian group sold items that claimed to possess healing powers. They said their products could cure alcoholism, broken bones, and even HIV. The group was led by Gerald Hart Attrill, who recruited members at New Age festivals, concerts, and college campuses. Today, we're going to dig into his group, Hermes Far Eastern Shining. We'll uncover how Atril made millions from selling wands, glass sculptures, and so-called empowered water. Items that claimed not just to have healing powers, but also help a person to enlightenment. Hi everyone and welcome to Sinister Societies, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Every week we're going to cover your favourite cults, faith followers and secret societies. We're going to look at how some of the biggest cults and secretive societies have made their fortunes. And how they've also managed to run in plain sight and permeate into your everyday life. So as we mentioned in our open at the top of the show today, we're going to get into the secretive history of the Australian-based group Hermes Far Eastern Shining. We'll uncover how its founder, Gerald Attrill, a self-described alchemist and Jesus figure, nothing better than describing yourself as those things, convinced hundreds of people to join his spiritual community, and how he got his followers to sell his so-called healing products making him millions of dollars. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, let's get into Gerald Attrill's rather mysterious early life. Here's what we do know about Gerald's early years. He was born in Tasmania in 1941. He studied psychology and worked for a number of years as a clinical psychologist in Sydney, Australia. For a time, he also taught psychology. In the 1970s, he married Drew Porter and left the field of psychology then moved from Sydney to Byron Bay, where they opened a health food shop and later a bookstore and a coffee shop. It was right around this time that Gerald became interested in the writings of the American spiritual leader, Adi Dasamraj. Adi Dasamraj was a New Yorker whose birth name was actually Franklin Albert Jones. Bloody another less, one! A lot less exotic, another Franklin as mm-hmm. well. Chuck him in. And he studied at Stanford and Columbia 
and rose to fame in the 1970s for his writings on human enlightenment. His works borrowed heavily from Eastern religious concepts such as reincarnation and karma. Where is the line between borrowing and stealing? Because I think borrowing implies that you're going to give it back. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, this is the thing. I know I've said it in other episodes where I'm just like, if you're stealing stuff that's made up, <laughs> does it matter? It's a victimless crime. It's a victimless crime. Who's who's the victim in this? That's my question. No one. Well, possibly well, his followers in a minute. I mean, his his cultists, for sure. Mm, his but followers. philosophically speaking. Philosophically speaking. Yeah. If he hadn't done evil with it, who's the victim? Steal. That's how... My old boss, when I was first learning to, like, write copy, for example, she'd be like, do you want to know how you become a good writer? Steal. Mm. And I was like, oh, all right. Inspiring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have plagiarism checkers now. There you go. That shit used to keep me up at night at university. Just write it down and then run it through Grammarly and then forget about it. I was always so worried about plagiarizing that my essays literally read like Yoda wrote them. <laughs> I would just move words around to try and throw off the like um, amazing. algorithm for plagiarism checking. It worked. I got a two one. Anyway, so Adidas Samraj founded what's been called a quote, new religion movement that he called Adidam. <laughs> Adidas. Adidam. <laughs> I hope that's the the only way anyone ever said it. Well, Adidam. The basic premise of this movement uh, was not inflection. It was that followers pledge complete obedience and devotion to none other than him himself, as naming the entire movement after the name he had made up for himself would imply. And let's mention here that Mescaline, LSD and psilocybin were all part of Adidas Amraj's spiritual journey. But back to Gerald Attrill, who got so caught up in Adidas' philosophies that he and his wife moved to Melbourne, where they joined an Adidam community. Gerald attended lectures, seminars, and retreats aimed at enlightenment. And it's reported that he craved the so-called divine energy that he felt from Adidas Samraj. He just really can't get enough of it craving it all the yeah, time. Yeah, sounds pretty spermy to me. <laughs> but in 1984, Gerald and his wife moved away from the Adidam family and headed back to Byron Bay. It's said that Gerald was now ready to become a spiritual leader. I am almost entirely sure he told himself that. It wasn't knowledge handed down from anybody else. But really, how can you know? You could wake up tomorrow, Comrade Bala, and be like, you know what, it's time. Today's the day. I'm there, a spiritual leader. There was actually a cult leader called Comrade Bala. I know, that's <laughs> oh, why good, I said good. It. I was like, just so we all know. <laughs> By the mid-1990s, Gerald and Drew moved to a commune in rural New South Wales. Uh, the property had two large houses, dams and farm equipment. And soon they opened a store that sold products aimed at the holistic lifestyle, which I think you can very easily swap out with the word a bullshit. Along Gerald's spiritual journey, he became interested in the study of alchemy, which uh, is basically the idea that you can turn a non-precious metal like lead into gold. Here's my problem mm -hmm. with alchemy. 
if you just can, one, just one. Okay, is that uh, if you can do that, it's kind of like the Midas touch, right? If you can do that, mm-hmm. it's exactly the Midas touch. It, yeah, precisely. Then, if there's just loads and loads of gold kicking around because you keep turning stuff into gold. It's not going to cost as much. Oh, here we go. Here we fucking go. Here we go. go. Economy Um, 101. Just talking constantly about the (laughs) impact of demand and supply on the price of metals. (laughs) We did have a listener comment or tweet us or something saying that the economy wasn't real and you should have seen her. She she literally just turned inside out and then vanished (laughs) briefly and then reappeared in a puff of smoke made out of pound signs. Um, it, yeah, it really was quite something. We have a lot of um, economics chat in this office, which we is do. mainly um, me not listening. <laughs> this one's a fair point, though, I think. You know, it, it would, of course, um, devalue gold quite significantly if you could just get gold all the time. Precisely. Anyway, Gerald got so into alchemy that he believed he could turn elements such as water, glass and wood into powerful healing objects. Objects that he claimed could rid the body of negative energy. Smart. Yes. Smart. Mm-hmm. Because if you take a lump of lead and then try to turn it into gold and yep. then you fail, it's very easy to see that you failed. But if you just take this cup mm-hmm. and say, I now say that this is a healing cup. Yeah. Prove that this isn't a healing cup. Yeah, exactly. And if it doesn't heal you, it's your fault. Because um, you didn't believe hard enough. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, oh, I can't turn this lead into gold, but now it's magic. Yeah, it's, it is very smart because famously nobody has ever ever managed to turn anything that wasn't already gold into gold up next Gerald Attrill gets into the potion business and changes his name to Jessa oh my heart This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Okay, let's get into how Gerald Attrill got into selling magic potions for hundreds of dollars. So as we mentioned just moments ago, Gerald got into alchemy, and by the mid-90s, he started selling healing objects under the name Infinity Forms of Yellow Remember. What? That doesn't make sense as a sentence. No, but that's why they're doing it. Because they'll be like, oh, this guy. Mm. You know, in a similar way Mm. to when we send an email and then someone sends an incredibly dense email back. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, are we speaking English? Have we we forgotten how to speak? Are we the ones Mm -hmm. that can't speak English anymore? And that's why all of these things are happening. I see. That's what they're doing. They're making you doubt your cognitive ability to understand English. Got it. It's working. And it was also around this time when Gerald changed his name to Jessa Oh My Heart. Because why not? Why not? I don't know how much it cost in the mid-90s, but about 15 years ago, it's just 40 quid, change your name by deed poll. Yeah, I would imagine he probably didn't bother. (laughs) 
<laughs> doesn't strike me as the most organized man. <laughs> and after he changed his name to Jessa Oh My Heart, he also began telling people that he was the next coming of Jesus Christ. Oh, good. I was waiting for that. Yeah. It's always there, just mm. beneath the surface. <laughs> just beneath the bath water. Just beneath the choppy cult water. <laughs> and he claimed that he and Christ were both filled with the same energy. From here on, since he has changed his name to Jessa Oh My Heart, we will refer to Gerald as Jessa, just so everyone's clear. And this next coming of Christ slash Jessa Oh My Heart wanted some followers. Because what is a next coming of Christ slash Jessa Oh My Heart without followers? I mean, you have to feed fish and bread to someone. So he started recruiting his most loyal customers and invited them to come and live in his commune. Straight off the bat with the commune. This is what I'm saying. It's not like he invited them round for dinner. He just, do you want to come live on my commune? But I guess once you tell people that you're the second coming of Jesus Christ, you can't really be like, do you want to go for a drink? No, and if you're picking people up at New Age festivals, they're already they're already three quarters of the way there. They're on their own road to Damascus and you just need to kick them <laughs> over the finish line. <laughs> so when he got these followers, he would lasso them in with his um, bullshit. And then he would give his followers names like Emerald AstroTurf, Rhonda Blue Brain Me, and Elara Rainy Day Asteroid. If you were going to think of your own name, your new age cult name, what would it be? Would you like an embarrassing revelation? Yes, already yes. <laughs> this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> Okay, so obviously now, dating apps, you use your real name, right? Yeah. You, you just be like, I'm Saruti Bala, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> inspired, inspired Hinge profile, as you can tell. Uh, Back in the day, though, when you had like a POF one, which is plenty of fish, uh -huh, uh -huh. you use like pseudonyms, you use like usernames on there, mm -hmm. and you typically wouldn't use your real name because it was when people were very shy and nervous yeah, sure. about online dating. And uh, whatever, you don't want to get murdered by some random you met on there. So you had to make up like a little pseudonym. Mm -hmm. Would you like to know what mine was? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> it's terrible. Literally any, any chance for collateral, I'm, I'm there. I know. This is quite the revelation. So it was, I was like, let's go for something a little bit spicy. So I chucked in chili. Oh my God. I know, mate, you asked. I, know, I, I mean, no, you <laughs> offered up this information quite freely. I don't think I asked for this at all. I just this, agreed. This would be the name then. So then it was Chili. Uh, this is so bad. And then I was like, let's pick an animal. Let's pick an animal to go with. Uh -huh. I don't know why. And I was like, I like a fox. Uh -huh. The boys had ginger hair for quite a while, dyed ginger. Uh, and I was like, but you don't want to use fox because Chili Fox sounds a bit, sounds a bit bait. Mm. So then I looked up the Latin name. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Help. Would you like to know the Latin name for a fox? Is it lupus? Lupin? No, it's vulpus vulpus. Oh my god. So I was chili vulpus 89. So that would be my name. <laughs> I was 22. I mean, sure. <laughs> what would yours be? So mm. I thought about this mm -hmm. and I was like, what everyone's expecting is to go down the like raindrop route. Mm -hmm. So instead, I went into a little bit of a mind hole of thinking of the ugliest name I possibly could. Nice. And I came up with Terracotta Thwomp. Delightful. <laughs> Terracotta Thwomp and Chili Vulpus. 
89. <laughs> to be fair, chili vulpa sounds like a venereal disease. It really does. <laughs> it really, really does. I'd rather be terracotta thorn. I think so. Because that just sounds like something you do to a genital. <laughs> Names aside, uh, we have to revisit another ridiculous name. The company, you will of course remember, was called Infinity Forms of Yellow Remember. And that company started selling vials of something they called empowered water. 90 milliliters of this water could set a buyer back about 55 US dollars. The water was said to be blessed by Jessa himself, aka Jesus reincarnate. And at one point, there were 270 varieties of this empowered water. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when Fire Festival happened? Mm -hmm. And I can't remember who it was, but like on there was a chat show. And this guy was like, if you paid thousands of dollars to go and see Blink-182, that is on you. If you are <laughs> if you are paying $55 for some water in a vial from someone who thinks they're Jesus, mm -hmm. I'm sorry you deserve it. If not, pay more. I Import tax that bitch. I don't like... The, no, I'm sorry. I have absolutely no sympathy for these people. No, I agree. I agree. It's like that show Hustle used to say. Ugh, what a show. What a show. If you're in the US or you're not in the UK, basically, and you've not heard or seen Hustle... Find some way to watch it. It used to be on the BBC like, God, like 10 years ago or something. Even longer than that, I Yeah, think. and it was... We like, old. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I used to watch it as a teenager. Mm. And um, it was basically about a gang of like um, hustlers, like... Uh, grifters. Grifters. Con, con artists. people. Yeah. And uh, they always used to say in there, you can't con someone who's not greedy. Yeah. So coming back to this particular group of con artists, the company recommended that the water, which had names like Heart Spider and Puff the Magic Dragon be consumed in six sips. Jessa said his water could boost the strength of athletes even. This is some real Gwyneth Paltrow shit. Show me mm. the competitive athlete that was like, yeah, sure, I'll just chug this water and I have every faith it will be better. Like, come on, they're all blood doping anyway. <laughs> Maybe maybe that's the uh, that was the the switcheroo the old bait and switch be like I'll tell them it's magic water but actually I've been blood doping for years. <laughs> Genius. Genius. My name's Lance Armstrong. According to a former member, Jessa believed that most humans live in a red realm, which he described as a hellish existence. And by purifying one's energy, you could move into the yellow realm. Joe, what else moves you into the yellow realm? Marijuana. Oh. I think that's probably an easier, less expensive route. Probably. Probably. He also said that you could reach the yellow realm through a spiritual awakening. And this surprise could be achieved by drinking the company's blessed water. A New York-based nonprofit that investigates fringe science claims ran a test to see if Infinity's water actually improved the strength of athletes. And in results that surprised absolutely no one, the answer was no. They did not help athletes at all. And in response to the non-profit's findings, a member of Infinity released a statement saying that, quote, skepticism is a disease. It is possible for someone to not be available to the energies. The classic. It's very convenient. Jess's company also sold drinking glasses, sculptures, and wands. The items cost from $30 to thousands of dollars. Jessa said that his creations could mend broken bones and cure serious illnesses like heart disease. I love it when they come in with provable claims. Mm. It's my favorite one. Nailed it. 
Around the year 2000, Infinity Forms of Yellow Remember opened a center in the US, in Wisconsin, of all places. And they also had a shop in New Zealand, so at corners of the globe, really making some ground. In 2001, it was estimated that Infinity Forms of Yellow Remember had 300 to 400 members, which in cult terms is not, it's not loads. But they had made about 2 million Australian dollars from his products that were sold online to people in the US and in Australia. It's been reported that Jessa encouraged his members to buy his products, surprise, surprise, and the more they bought, the more enlightened they've become. It's funny how that works. Mm. So with the money earned from its products, the company bought properties all over Eastern Australia. Jessa told his followers to recruit people at New Age festivals and to even target students at Brisbane University. And when followers weren't working, they were told to pray or meditate to receive divine energy the energy they needed to move from the hellish red realm to the yellow realm of enlightenment. A former member of the group said that she was, quote, love-bombed by recruiters. Again, a very classic cult tip. Tip? That sounds like I'm telling you how to do it. A classic cult trick, I should say. (laughs) Um, And also like a classic, just a classic narcissist trick because it can be one-on-one, like, okay, if you're single and you're dating, and then someone starts love bombing you, run away, because too much too soon is a classic sign that that relationship is going to become abusive. Don't do it. So, coming back to this though, this former member that we're talking about who said that she was love bombed, when she joined the organization, gave herself the name of Perplexity Swings This and That. Honestly, you're right, these names, and Mm -hmm. every time we even read the one that's like Infinity Forms of Yellow Remember, it's like it's like uh, making my brain like shake a bit every yeah, time we say circuit. it. Yeah, and uh, perplexity swings this and that. Also says that she worked sixteen-hour days without pay for Jessa and his businesses. Again, <laughs> classic cult wind chime. I think these guys would like wind chimes too much. I think we need to come up with another sound for them. <laughs> cult siren. Cult air horn. <laughs> cult capitalist wheels crushing you down into (laughs) dust. In 2001, the Sydney Morning Herald spoke to a man whose wife had joined Jess's group. He said he had given his wife more than $100,000 in their divorce settlement and that she had given it all over to the sect. She said she didn't need the money because it's not because she had savings. It's not because she had kept her pension in order. It's because the Infinity would take care of her. Another former member claims that when she got pregnant, a member of the sect tried to turn her against her boyfriend and take control of her and her unborn child. In his book, Cults, Too Good to Be True, Raphael Aaron writes about Jess's group that it used, quote, classic cult techniques of isolating people from friends and family and instilled unbounding faith in the message of the leader. Pretty, uh, pretty cut and dry cult formation, really. Mm-hmm. But because they were already new agey, didn't take that long. Exactly. Doesn't need to do the groundwork. This is the thing. Coming up, we'll get into how Jess's lucrative magic potion business started to attract major media attention. All 
Right, let's get into how government officials and the media caught wind of Jess's questionable energy healing business. By the early 2000s, media outlets all over Australia were reporting on Infinity's business practices and manipulation tactics. This prompted the New South Wales Department of Fair Trading to launch an investigation into the group. Bad news bears for these guys. The department conclusively proved that Infinity's files were in fact filled with distilled water. And I'm sure if you held them to your ear, you could also hear him laughing at you. In October 2002, the New South Wales Supreme Court permanently banned Infinity from promoting and selling their healing products. And the Fair Trading Minister, John Watkins, warned consumers not to deal with the sect. In October 2002, the company consented to Supreme Court orders permanently restraining them from falsely representing the health benefits of their product and from carrying on business supplying any goods stated to be empowered to alleviate any physical or psychological disorders. That same year, Jessa unveiled a new organization. He called it Hermes Far Eastern Shining Proprietary Company Limited. It's more of the same. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, word jumble jumble yeah. makes your mind fumble. <laughs> In 2007, Jessa filed a defamation lawsuit against an alderman who had been a vocal critic of the sect. Jessa actually won the case and was paid 110,000 Australian dollars. Just like his organization, Infinity Forms of Yellow, remember, members of Hermes Far Eastern Shining believed that Jessa was, in fact, Jesus Christ incarnate, and also an alchemist. I mean, it's not much to tack on the end, really, is it? No, I mean, I guess Jesus was busy turning water to wine, so why not lead to gold? Well, because water to wine would have a lesser impact on the global economy. This is true. Like Infinity, Hermes sold energized products for thousands of dollars, but with a disclaimer on the site that said, quote, this is fucking hilarious. What we offer has no scientific backing, evidence, or support. It is a wholly esoteric matter completely outside of conventional scientific understanding. There are no scientific verifications for our work. Hermes Far East and Shining does not claim and will not claim that conventional worldviews provide any support for our work. We laugh, but I feel like that's how a lot of people are behaving today. I agree, and they're covering their bases, legally speaking. So it's it's a smart thing to say. Genius. Even if it is, does make them sound incredibly stupid. Genius. If the things that can prove you wrong are out there and uh, and existing in the world, just say that those things are wrong. Just be like, it's not part of my fantasy. Precisely. It's not how I want to live my life. I'm not going to believe it. Don't care. Laws of physics, be damned. <laughs> Here are a few items, uh, because I know you are just dying to know what you can buy on this website with such a compelling disclaimer. Here are a few things you can buy, or you could want to buy. Here are a few things you could want to buy from Hermes Far East and Shining. You could get a Soulfire Octahedron, which is a small glass octahedron with orange tubes inside. You could buy that for just $4,500 this octahedron apparently uh, is the energetic construction of human possibility. Again, it's just, just words. Just slamming them together and figuring it out. You could also get a sacred body of man bubbler, 
this was a glass sculpture with coloured balls that sold, sold, someone bought it for $12,500. And they probably bought it because this particular bubbler claimed to be the key to unlocking the bodily density of mortal identification. Did you ever play the game Neopets when you were younger? I was not allowed video games, which is why I'm so damaged. Well, mm, that's that's sad. <laughs> but it wasn't a video game. It was like um, a PC. It's like an online okay. game uh, where you just go in yeah, and no, like, wasn't allowed create like a... It was fun. It was fun. Like you create a little Neopet and you it was all like mythical creatures and you could like color it in and make it look however it wanted. And then you basically had to log in every single day to feed it. And you could have jobs in that world. Okay. But the jobs were you playing games. And uh-huh. so you would win money. And then you would use that money to buy a house and to furnish it. Okay, okay, okay. But it all took place in a mythical world. And this this kind of thing, a soul fire octahedron or a sacred body of man bubbler, were the kind of things you could buy in a Neopet shop to put right. in, your ha- in your Neopet house. Okay. That is exactly Did it cost $12,500? It might have done, but it was just money you had won playing, like, (laughs) tic-tac-toe. Great. (laughs) Somehow I don't feel like I missed too much. It was kind of fun. (laughs) So Jessa Oh My Heart actually died in 2012 at the age of 72. As of this recording, Hermes Far East and Shining still sells its energized products. They have an active Instagram page with nearly 700 followers and a Facebook page with close to 7,000 followers. Well, I think what we can learn from that is what we already know, Mm -hmm. that the people buying energized water are on Facebook. They're not on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) It's unclear. Uh, We don't know who energizes slash blesses these uh, energizing products today that can... um, I don't know, clear your soul, clear your mind, take you into the yellow realm. But what is clear is that this year they're selling something they've called the Elixir Wand. Classic Neopet business. (laughs) Um, And this Elixir Wand is called Combinatorial Concoction 41. And Saru is going to read the description that goes with this wand. And if you can believe it, Friends, Romans, Countrymen, this is a direct quote. Oh dear. Okay, right. Let's do it. At a time where the polarized political landscape of the pros and antis stand in the face of a pandemic, Combinatorial Concoction 41 is the alchemic gift and passage through beyond all mind, fear, and duality. For those who have an understanding and respect for the esoteric level of existence, this wand energy is the perfect energy or prayer for all aspects of this current situation. That which humanity as a whole is witnessing now and also on into the future. My brain hurts. I I can't, I'm like trying to decipher it, but I can feel it at the front of my brain and I can feel my my brain people just stamping on it. I can't, I can't deal with that. I feel like I hit my head and then just started talking (laughs) in the last paragraph that I just said. I just, I honestly, I was trying so hard to read it as you were saying it, and I can't, I cannot. But what I think they're Can saying... Can we actually check me for a concussion after this? Yes, sure. Um, <laughs> I'll take you to the homerton. Um I think what they're saying is... That COVID mm-hmm. is your fault. Oh. oh not, no. not you. Oh. The, the, 
the everyone's afraid uh. of it, so they're making it powerful. But what you need is a wand. Nailed it. There you go, guys. Close. Now, what have we learned from this episode? We've basically learned so far. We've learned that you have a concussion. I have a concussion now. Um, <laughs> and that if you just arrange words... Um, <laughs> you can give people concussions. Yeah. If you just rearrange words in in ways that make absolutely no sense, mm-hmm. then people will start following you as long as you hook them at the right New Age festivals. That's it. Bang. 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 Thank you so much for listening. I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. And we'll be back next week with another great episode. You can listen to this and all other episodes of Sinister Societies for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, make sure you follow Parcast on Facebook and on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, then you can join us at our weekly award-winning true crime podcast, Red Handed. We started it over four years ago, so there are about 200 episodes over there for you to binge, where Hannah and I talk about a brand new true crime case every single week. Yeah, and uh, if if cults are your thing, this might be a controversial sentence, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's too late now. We are kicking off 2022 with a two-parter on Scientology. Um, the first half is going to be about Aaron Hubbard, and the second half is going to be about where the fuck is Shirley Miscavige. So tune in for that at Red Handed, wherever you find all of your podcasts. Bye. Sinister Societies is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Gemma Waters. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. Research by Chelsea Wood. And fact-checking by Cara McAleen. And we're your hosts, Hannah Maguire and Saruti Bala.